I'll tell you something of the forbidden horrors she led me into. Something of the age-old horrors that even now are festering in out-of-the-way corners with a few monstrous priests to keep them alive. Some people know things about the universe that nobody ought to know and can do things that nobody ought to be able to do. Happy Halloween from the Thirsty to Explore podcast. That was an excerpt from the story The Dunwich Horror by author of horror fiction H.P. Lovecraft. Lovecraft worked mostly in the 1920s, relatively unknown as an author in his lifetime, but a resurgence of interest in his work came 30 years after his death in the 1970s. Since then, Lovecraft's work has been influencing authors and pop culture in general. Games, movies, TV shows, and even breweries have been directly influenced or pay homage to his works. One such brewery is Miskatonic Brewing in Darien, Illinois, outside of Chicago. I'm Andy Erickson, and in our Halloween-themed episode of Thirsty to Explore, we want to highlight a brewery that maintains a Halloween vibe year-round. A brewery that isn't one you'd probably hit up because you're in town for something else, but one in which you'd seek them out because of the Lovecraftian themes. We'll be speaking to Josh Mowry, one of the founders of Miskatonic Brewing, about the Lovecraft influence, other pop culture influences that shape the brewery, their love of beer, and Halloween. We'd also like to thank Pitch Black Manor for providing us with their music for this episode. They've recently reanimated after 25 years and can be found anywhere you get your music. Just search for Pitch Black Manor and support those creeps. Thanks for joining us on our Halloween episode of the Thirsty to Explore podcast. Why don't you go ahead and give me an introduction to who you are and um, about what you do for the uh, brewery. Sure. Uh, My name is Josh Mowry. I'm one of the founders at Miskatonic Brewing Company. Um, when I started there, I had a lot more of the fun, hands-on, uh, sweating it out stuff. Um, but as we've grown, I'm definitely more of the not-so-fun spreadsheet stuff. Um, still more fun to do beer spreadsheets and accounting spreadsheets for a brewery than spreadsheets for any other kind of thing. But um, I would say closest you could call me now is sort of production manager and just... Um, you know, just general steer the ship sort of administrative kind of person. I do a fair bit of sales for the brewery too. So since some people might not know uh, that Miskatonic uh, is a university from H.P. Lovecraft stories, could you tell us a little bit about Lovecraft for people who might not know? Um, So that was, and that was kind of it. We didn't want to be too on the nose um, with his, uh, with a reference to him, only because I really like the idea of I like Easter eggs because Easter eggs are like references that don't demand they be known. Um, but people who pick them up, it's fun for them. So I wanted it, I wanted it to sound, I mean, given where we're at just south of Wisconsin and in lots of areas, uh, there's lots of areas around here that are named after the Native American names there. And that actually was sort of what uh, Lovecraft was going for when he chose Miskatonic as this fictional place. In Massachusetts, he wanted it to evoke um, sort of the naming conventions you found in New England uh, based off of Native American areas. And so the Miskatonic River and then Miskatonic University, um, that sounds almost like something you could find in an area of of Wisconsin. So I liked that it could be not necessarily meaning anything to someone who might not be at all familiar with Lovecraft, but who uh, to fans of Lovecraft stuff, fans of the things that were inspired by Lovecraft. It was a cool uh, wink and a nod to a place that doesn't exist, but sounds like it does. Um, and then obviously um, things get weird in any of his stories and things get very weird in the Miskatonic area. 
and any of the stories involving it. And um, that's kind of how we view craft beer in general. Craft beer is this thing that starts off from a place we all understand and know. Um, sort of everyone's aware of macro lager as it exists in America or has existed for uh, over 100 years. Um, it's like a drink that everyone is introduced to at some point early in their life if they drink alcohol. Um, but what craft beer has done is taken it and just um, skewed it, made a hard left turn, twisted it, um, taken it another step further. And um, that's kind of what Lovecraft did in a lot of his stories. Things start out normal or even upstanding in some ways, and, and then shit gets weird. So uh, we liked how craft beer kind of does that, too, um, and thought that that was a fun, fun place to draw our name from. Uh, do you guys see a lot of people just coming into the brewery because of the name and because of the Lovecraft connection? Or I uh... Yeah, I mean, I would say that I would say that more people than I expected. Um, and you definitely get people that are, uh, you know, recognize the reference, but didn't necessarily come only for that reason. Maybe they're craft beer fans who also love that, you know, we have a I have a um, reference to Lovecraft. Um, we will get people who were are from California and were in town for a different reason or in the Chicagoland area for a different reason. And they're huge Lovecraft fans. So they're like, we made a point that we had to come check out the, the tap room. And that is very cool. Um, that's that's a very cool feeling to be like, wow, you are from ac across the country and uh, made a point to, to seek us out just for this, you know, one thing that we have in common being fans of of Lovecraft's work. And do you, uh, you know, on the flip side of that coin, do you get people who, when they find out anything about it, are, are completely clueless to what's going on? They come in the tap room there and go, why are there tentacles everywhere? Or Yeah, actually, the tentacle thing, that the our logo being, you know, the lady with the umbrella, and then at the end where the sort of uh, end of her dress would be starts to separate into tentacles. Um, that's a really fun moment to see people who don't notice it for like 15 minutes when they first come in. Uh, they'll be at the bar and they'll be drinking and, you know, our growlers to fill will be lined up on the shelves or whatever. Um, something with our logo is easy to see from any sort of point in the tap room. Um, and every once in a while, you'll you'll see a person at the moment they notice it. You'll see the head tilt and they'll be like, ah, you just you just saw it um, versus seeing it right away. Um, and we definitely get a fair amount of people who, if you are already a fantasy sci-fi horror fan, um, and they have not necessarily heard of Lovecraft or, or have heard of him, but are not aware of any of his work specifically, um, you'll get in a conversation with someone where they definitely will walk away sort of as, like the big one is like, if they've never seen the movie Reanimator and they're fans of schlocky horror, like, it's like, well, you got to check that out. That's like a, a pillar yeah. of that genre. Um, and you know that they'll, you know, they'll wind up at some point getting around to, to checking it out. Um, and if they're readers in general and they're open to reading horror um, and they, they haven't read it before, um, you often can get people who are definitely going to go give it a look-see. Like, you know, anything that's tangential to the few sections of his influence in literature, horror in general, um, creature feature stuff. Uh, you know, it's easy to to get them interested enough to to check something out. Could you give us a little bit of history of the brewery, like when you guys started? And um, yeah, and so since then, yeah, so we we've been around, open to the public since 2015. Uh, the summer of 2015 is when we opened. Uh, before we uh, opened Miskatonic, my partner and I were both brewers at larger craft breweries in the Chicagoland area. Um, he had spent eight years plus at Goose Island. Um, started there when they were a five or six state brewery. And when he left, they were a 50 state brewery. 
Um, he had been offered the head brewer position at Gordon Biersch in Bolingbrook, which was all lagers. And that was kind of a cool opportunity for him because, um, you know, you spend eight years making great English style beers, Belgian style beers at the time. Goose was killing it with like Matilda and the sisters um, is what they call a lot of their wild Belgian style ales. Uh, and then Bourbon County Stout is obviously like kind of one of the beers that put Goose on the map. Lots of big stuff like that, but nothing uh, to the tune of like really tight to style, technically um, narrow uh, German lager. And so he got to spend a few years there as the head brewer of that Gordon Biersch brew pub making uh, lagers. So got to fill in a uh, corner of the brewing world that he hadn't done a lot of before. And then I was the head of canning operations at Two Brothers Brewing Company in Warrenville when I left there to start Miskatonic. So we were kind of two sides of the seesaw. He was a, a brew house brewer and a cellar brewer. I had spent my years of brewing as a professional in the packaging side of things. And that's kind of the two worlds of, of being a craft brewer is uh, hot side making it, cellar, cold side making it, uh, conditioning it, and then uh, the packaging side making sure that nothing bad happens to it when it's on its way to the can or the bottle. So between the two of us, we had, you know, um, 15 years of experience and just wanted to set out our own shingle, knew like that was sort of the growth period for craft, um, was sort of like the, the start of a few year boom and saw the opportunity to jump um, and just decided to do it. Uh, we both love to think about what we're making, have our own recipes. Um, we both love to style beer, but we also love to try some interesting things that are, again, that little left turn. Um, so, you know, we'll make a, a straight Dunkel lager uh, that we have coming out in a couple of weeks that is very much a to style, Munich style Dunkel. Uh, and then we'll have things like in the spring. One of my favorite recipes I did was uh, we have like a Belgian style beer named Gardner, where we take out the... Um, botanicals that would be in a traditional wit, which would be coriander and orange peel. Um, and instead we replace it with uh, lemon peel and vanilla and um, lavender. And you get this really cool, again, it's like in the same idea, but with a very, very different flavor profile. Um, so that's sort of how we got going and what we wanted to do to sort of express ourselves as brewers. And it's been a great seven or eight years. Um, we're in cans now we were just draft when we first opened and sort of been riding the ups and downs of the brewing industry that were pre and post covid um sure. we've also become a really mature market in terms of i think we were the 67th or 68th brewery to open in illinois and now there's over 500 and that's just in seven years so yeah. so at the brewery itself uh i know you guys don't serve food per se yourself i think you have snacks and stuff but uh what are options for food and then uh in a, in a similar realm for entertainment like music and such so we uh we try to have a food truck or a food pop-up every friday um some saturdays too uh and that way we have kind of rotating guest kitchen uh and then you can always get you can always bring in food um one of the nice things about not having a kitchen on site is we are dog friendly and i there's just a ton of people that make up our regulars that bring in their their pup or um, every once in a while we'll get a cat or something odd, but usually it's a dog. <laughs> and um, that's nice. We got a great little like beer garden outside for the weather when the when it's the seasons that are nicer outside. Um, and that tends to be popular with the dog people. Uh, but um, so yeah, there's no kitchen on site, but that gives us a little bit more flexibility. 
Um, we are actually in the midst of getting ready to roll out a second location in downtown Naperville that's going to be more restaurant focused. It's going to have like a small one barrel research R&D system um, with some interesting weird barrels that we're barrel aging some projects in like Calvados barrels, port barrels, gin barrels, stuff like that. Um, and that'll be much more sort of a kitchen focused location. But yeah, the Darien location, no kitchen. Um, you know, maybe someday we'll have a half kitchen there where we can roll out some of our own stuff. But for the most part, it's enjoyable to have that sort of rotating sort of kitchen of the night thing on the weekends. We do have snacks for the days where we don't have those pop ups, though. Yeah. And music or any other kind of music wise, we are like we kind of pride ourselves on being like we kind of keep, you know, every weekend there's at least one night of music. There are multiple weekends a month where there's more than one night of music. Um, I was a musician um, uh, for the longest time. Unfortunately, opening the brewery has made it harder to be a gigging active musician. Um, I still play probably three or four times a year at the brewery with like big events or whatever. I've got a couple of friends who sort of do pop-up bands and I'll try and join at least one every once in a while. But we love to have music as part of our atmosphere. Um, we have multiple zones in the brewery. We kind of have an inner tap room and an outer tap room and then the outside. So you can still, if you're not in the mood to be listening to live music, be in a different section of the brewery to enjoy that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really nice to sort of, uh, try and have sort of like a regular music scene for local, from local musicians. Um, we have some regular musicians that we have relationships with, and then we have some that pop in a little less frequently. Um, so we kind of keep a mix of it going. Uh, to get to some more Halloween kind of stuff, have you guys ever tried to brew anything special for Halloween? No, um, you know, we try to do, uh, we try to do funny enough like uh we have more halloweeny feeling stuff throughout the year with some of our our beers that we roll out and then um really when it comes to like this month there's a lot more sort of quote-unquote seasonal stuff we'll do um so we try to take advantage of like the harvest feel for things we've got a wild ale coming out in the next month that's uh, called pomona named after the goddess of the harvest and it's like a pear and cinnamon wild ale that's been barrel aged in white wine barrels. Um, you know, we'll have some one-offs where um, we do sort of one-off fruit variants of kegs and everything like that. But actually, when it comes to like the Halloween theme, like we have a uh, we have a uh, probably disturbingly high percentage of of beer cans that have monsters on them or named after <laughs> creatures. Um, our Imperial Stout series that we always run with a, a, a base that goes in the different thematic directions with each release is called Dungeon Master. And we're all D&D nerds at the brewery. And so nice. um, we will have Dungeon Master is the name of the base itself, the Imperial Stout, without anything uh, added to it. But with each release, we'll do a different, you know, maybe we'll add something in the kettle or in the fermenter. Um, and we'll titrate different kinds of blends of things. And so when we ever make a variation of it, we'll name it after a different D&D &D monster. And then we have a friend who's just a kick-ass illustrator. So every one of the cans, well, I'm trying to think if I've got a can around here to show you. Like our latest one was Bone Hydra. And so it was like literally a skeletal Hydra. And I mean, that was released uh, a month and a half ago before it was uh, Halloween. And then our Dunkel that we're releasing next week, it's just, it's a fall beer. It's not because it's Halloween, but it's called The Watcher in the Woods. And it's got like a skeletal stag man, like with the antlers and creepy nice. hands and stuff like that. So, um, you know, with the name like Miskatonic, it, we'd be, it'd be a waste not to, you know, riff on some of that stuff. Um, 
forest crawler our current hazy has like a spider cat running through the jungle on the can so it's got like six arms or maybe eight arms um and uh so yeah it's uh all of our stuff kind of has that flavor throughout the year so we do have fun decorating the place up at least uh like today we put up our halloween decorations so so uh and i know you guys do at least i saw on your facebook you did one event where you're selling uh local art stuff for halloween or yes uh we actually have we have a craft fair so we love same with the musicians we love to uh, highlight local artists and so we do a once a quarter um craft fair where we have different artists coming and selling up their wares we call it our art bazaar um and uh we try to time it with different holidays and we think halloween's a great one to have um so we're having that one coming up here um I want to make sure I don't say it wrong or else our tapper manager Evan will take my head off uh, this Saturday. That's right. I wanted to make sure it wasn't next Saturday. But yeah, this Saturday is our big one for the quarter. It's actually, I think it might be our our biggest one. We have one in Christmas time that's pretty big too. Um, but I think that we're one of the only ones that hold a craft fair around Halloween. So you get lots of great visual artists, um, different craftspeople making really cool stuff. And we turn our whole barrel cellar that's like next door to our tap room in the same, uh, just in a different unit, uh, but the same building. We turn that barrel cellar into like a bazaar where you have lots of merchants for the day. I think it's about 20. Um, so that's happening this Saturday, actually. You were saying you're just decorating. Do anyone come in wearing costumes? Anyone work in there wear costumes coming, uh, coming closer to the holiday? We always encourage people to bring a uh, wear a costume in the weekend of actual Halloween, where we I think we do a discount for people or something. I forget what we do, but we we always have a promotion where you can get a free sticker or something like that if you come in costume. Um, we've never had a costume contest. Um, we do find that Halloween weekend itself is a heavy party weekend uh, for people to go to houses and everything like that. So like we'll have a we'll have a good Saturday, but it's never been something we've been able to harness into like a big event. Um, and uh, we normally have like a lot of to go beer uh, sales that weekend because a lot of people are taking our, our beer to Halloween parties. But we always dress the part that night and everything like that. So, um, like I said, it's fun to to set up a whole month's worth of of uh, decorations for Halloween to get in the the spirit. So, what's the uh, weirdest costume that's come in? Oh man, we keep waiting. We thought about having like we we really are hoping eventually someone comes in dressed as our logo, which we call uh, our logo Cecilia. Uh, because cicalias are the like octopus version of a mermaid which is essentially what our logo is so her name's cecilia so if someone came in as cecilia in costume i that's my like hope is someday that we witness that um you know though i would not i would not be able to give you the weirdest costume i've seen worn or a favorite i well i i feel like uh we I think I remember we had a really great, like, literally it looked like movie quality predator come in at one point. <laughs> if anything, that was just a sheer, um, a sheer uh, impressive, like uh, attention to detail costume for sure. So if you were to sit down and watch a horror movie, what would it be your perfect beer horror movie pairing? It doesn't have to be one of your beers, but if it is, that's cool too. So I am a huge fan. If I'm watching a horror movie, I want it to be a, a crisp, chilly night. And if it's going to be a crisp, chilly night, then I'm going to need to have something that matches that. So if I had to pick one, can't get more chilly feeling than The Thing as a movie. 
And nice. for that, um, I think I'm going to go with Dunkel Lager or Baltic, yeah, Baltic Porter. Need something warm, more warming. Baltic Porter is a great style. Um, it's essentially it's called Baltic Porter because it used to be shipped across the Baltic Sea um, because it was so popular with certain members of English nobility. I think specifically Catherine the Great. She's the other reason Russian Imperial Stout's a bigger style because she loved Imperial Stouts from Russia. And it's essentially a uh, hybrid because it's it's designed like a porter, which is an ale, but it's lagered for an extended period of time at cold cold temperatures like you would something that's uh, a lager, which is essentially the other species of yeast you use, which is more cold fermenting. So you get this like really nice, crisp, clean, uh, sharp, uh, snappy finish on like a big porter. And they also tend to be higher ABV. And so that would definitely... Uh, keep the chill away a little bit more more easily but uh yeah i'd say the thing in baltic porter nice um and what's your favorite monster lovecraftian or not Ooh, um you know what <laughs> uh i would have to say i would have to say have you seen the movie the ritual i have not seen that one no okay in terms of like certainly from a newer standpoint it's a it's a great movie it's about uh these four friends or five friends they're backpacking through scandinavia and like they come upon this really creepy it's like um well actually i don't want to spoil too much but i mean it is definitely one of the like most uh original designs for a creature and like felt new like anything nothing else i had seen before but also um was really unsettling looking without being like too goopy you know how yeah. i'm always of the opinion that if you get if you get too much like uh bodily fluid involved it's really easy to make it uh unsettling in a way that's almost uh can be lazy not always like the thing's a great example of the perfect amount of bodily fluid being used <laughs> but uh this thing is much more like uh natural and unnatural at the same time in a way that is really unsettling so yeah the ritual if you haven't checked it out it's definitely worth worth seeing um it's only a few years old i think all right so of all the halloween costumes you've worn from when you're a kid on up i don't know how recently you've been wearing costumes but uh what was the favorite your favorite one i uh in college i for my band's halloween night i put together a very I worked very hard on a Mad Hatter costume and uh, I made, took pains to make certain things be like normal size and other things not to be, be kind of, um, you know, off-putting. That was probably my favorite solo costume. Um, but uh, after getting together with my wife, we try to always have a good costume together. And my favorite costume we've ever done together was we were the, um, the key master and the gatekeeper from Ghostbusters one. So like I nice. got to wear a colander on my head. I like making the colander telephone wire helmet uh, was a lot of fun. And then I just made sure to have the right kind of Rick Moranis glasses and everything. But So, you know, part of the podcast is we talk about beer and we talk about travel. Um, so other than you guys, what could someone else do in the area when they visit Miskatonic? Well, uh, if you're a beer person, um, I would highly suggest uh, uh, checking out, we, we're very lucky in that we're in a great neck of the woods for some great uh, breweries. Um, our best friends in the industry are our next door neighbors, uh, Skeleton Key Brewery in Woodridge, 
is just to the west of us. I think it's literally six or seven minutes from our place. So a lot of people will do a one-two punch with us or even do a one-two-three with just about seven or eight minutes to our east is Black Horizon Brewing. Um, and they've got uh, like a, a uh, always changing um, beer list. But yeah, we've got great breweries right out in our area. Um, we're right around the corner from a fantastic barbecue place called Chuck's. So a lot of people will get Chuck's and bring it in or go to Chuck's after going to us. Um, and they do like great Cajun as well. Um, they have like an undercover, just fantastic uh, corner of the menu that is like great Mexican food because uh, he used to sous chef for Rick Bayless. Uh, they got it open to Chuck's. Um, but, uh, and then if you're not doing... Um, if you're not doing uh, beer and you want to do like great example of great, like if you want to see a great flick, uh, the only real IMAX theater left in Illinois is actually in Woodridge at the Cinemark Seven Bridges. So the every other IMAX in Illinois is a fake IMAX and that it doesn't use the two projectors and its uh, ratio is different. Or no, it uses the ratio, but it's not the right size. It's too small a screen. It's the last real one. So um i'm a huge movie buff so i like take note of that if i if i know that a movie was filmed in imax i make a point to go see it at that specific theater so cool um well that's most of the questions i got for you i didn't know if there's any last information you wanted to uh to tell people about miskatonic um that maybe we didn't cover no i don't think so man um you know we we take pride on just being a really comfortable fun place to have a beer and hang um, we got a board game shelf. We're dog kid, kid dog friendly. We're kid friendly. Um, you know, uh, we just wanted to make a place that was as welcoming as as we want to be. Like hospitality is big for us. So, um, if you've never checked us out, I highly recommend taking a trip to see us. Even if you're in the city or in the northern side, or you know, 45 minutes an hour away from us, like it's it's very easy to make a a trip to see a few few places in the area. So. Um, but I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me. All right. Well, thank you and uh, happy Halloween. You too, man. We want to thank you for listening to our Halloween episode of the Thirsty to Explore podcast. It is part of Brewerism.com, where you can go to search our database of over 11,000 breweries worldwide to help you find your next brewery destination with information submitted by users who have visited before you to help you plan your visit. We'd like to again thank Miskatonic Brewing and Pitch Black Manor for contributing to this episode. Thirsty to Explore is hosted, written, and produced by me, Andy Erickson. If you have any questions, please email me at podcast at thirstytoexplore.com or visit thirstytoexplore.com for more information about the podcast and links to our social media accounts, as well as links to Brewerism. Until the next episode, please remember to travel frequently, drink responsibly, and love generously. Thank you for spending time with us. Happy Halloween.